Greetings, I'm Karen Colligan. Welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership Podcast. I'm the founder of a leadership organization called PeopleThink, where I created the Keep It Real Leadership Program that equips and elevates emerging and advancing leaders. It's all online and it can be done anywhere and it can be done at any time. What I know for sure is all leaders lead differently. And that's the beauty of leadership. It's so important to understand what your unique leadership style is. Now that word is worth repeating. Unique, because everyone has their own leadership style, which will inform how you're going to help your team and organization move forward. You got to be real and you got to be bold and you got to drive to take action. Because let's face it, people look to their leaders for vision. They look to their leaders for coaching and growth opportunities. And that's why as a leader, you want to be crystal clear about your unique leadership style and competencies. The whole purpose of the Let's Talk Leadership podcast is to speak to a variety of leaders who are in different industries with different titles at different levels to better understand their unique way of leading. We're going to ask each leader the same six questions so we can provide you with a diverse way of looking at leadership. We want you to find those treasures that will help you be the best leader only you can be. So let's get moving and talk to our next leadership guest. In this episode, I am thrilled to be speaking to Elizabeth Chalowski, who is the CEO of HG Insights. We're going to hear all about Elizabeth's approach to leadership. Elizabeth, welcome, and thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much, Karen. It's a, a real pleasure to be talking to you today. Elizabeth, tell us a little bit about who you are and give us a snapshot of HG Insights before we get into our leadership conversation. All right. Um, so I've been working in the high tech industry my entire career. I have two kind of functional expertise in product and, and customers. So customer support, et cetera, et cetera. But, but really quickly on in my career, I, I wanted to solve the bigger problems. And that really drew me into wanting to manage teams and then really trying to be a student of the discipline we're talking about today, mm -hmm. leadership. So I went went through, um, started my career on the East Coast, and then in 96, came out of California. Ne never looked back on the cold weather. And <laughs> a smart woman. And did, um, did a lot on application and application development and helping companies with innovation on that. And then ended up, fortunately, um, getting the opportunity to be a general manager at Citrix. And from there, um, ran a public company up in the Bay Area. And then when HG, at the time HG Data, was looking to really accelerate what they were doing, I got recruited to come and be their CEO. So down in Santa Barbara now, and I'm happy about that too. <laughs> yes, you are one smart woman. So Elizabeth, tell us a little bit about HG Insights. 
Yeah. So HG Insights is a data and application company. So it got started about 11 years ago. The founder, Craig Harris, understood that you could look at freeform documents anywhere that you find them on the web. And from that, mine what a company's doing with their technology. So he, um, we, we start every month with over 22 billion freeform documents through natural language processing and machine learning. We, we extract at the, at the very fundamental level, the company and the technologies they use. We also um, can model how much the company spends, well, how much the market is spending in that area. Right. And we also have contract information. But from all of that, so, so we produce on a monthly basis an application that exposes all that information for our customers. And they use it in a variety of ways to make strategic decisions, what markets to go into, what competitors to, to attack, all the way down to, to very tactical conversations at the sales level so that a salesperson can go in and talk to their customer or their prospect in a much more informed way than they they would have without our information. So um, so we've we've got kind of end-to-end decision-making help across B2B. So we're all B2B focused and technology focused, um, but we really play in a number of different really um, important areas for most technology companies. So HG Insights is a data and application company, and that's where you come from. So you must have gone to HG Insights and felt you were home. Let's get into our six questions. Elizabeth, I'm really excited to hear about your views on leadership. And my first question is, what is your definition of leadership and how do you lead? Yeah, you know, the, it was such a great opportunity when you asked me to do this podcast to take a step back and, and really assess kind of how I am defining leadership, because I think a lot of my leadership principles have changed over the course of my career as I've learned new things, as, as new challenges have been presented to me. Um, but I thought about that question, and I think now more than ever, my definition is a leader paints the vision and the goal that you're striving for, mm -hmm. and then they help people to get there. You know, first of all, they set the goal, the pot at the end of the ro rainbow, and then they look for helping people to realize their potential so that they can achieve that, that pot of gold. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll, I'll give you a little example from when I first came to HG three years ago. I came here because of that. Craig, the founder who's brilliant, is very much an idea guy, right? And and wasn't very interested in, not in operationalizing <laughs> the first to say that. So we, we hit it off from day one. Um, but I came in and the company was completely unfocused. So there, there were so many ideas being worked on at any one time, there wasn't a lot of forward progress for the company or for people, right? So, so the first, town hall that I did, I can remember I, I talked to one slide. I put up a slide and it said focus. And I knew that for the company to be successful, for us to start moving ahead and for people to be happier with their future, we had to pick what we were going to do and, and move the company forward to do it. So the focus slide was up there. And what that entailed for me, it was hard choices. You had to yes. stop people from doing things and focus on a single goal. And for us, it was that transition 
to an application company. A lot of older data companies have gotten stuck because they just keep selling columns and rows as opposed to packaging that up into insights and applications that companies can move use out of the box. So we kind of focused everything on getting product DNA. And at that time it was perfecting. We were working on HG for Salesforce, getting that done, and then starting what's now become the flagship product for the company, the platform. But that one step of focusing everybody, telling them to not do multiple things and giving them the goal of becoming an application company, I think is fundamental to the, the trajectory that we've got today and kind of the turnarounds um, that happened in that was 2018. You know, when I say um, set a goal and then help you get, people get to it, the example I gave was setting the big company goal. For me, leadership is also setting the small, small goals along the way. Mm -hmm. So um, when I'm trying to, to help somebody recruit, and they'll come in and think, oh, the recruiter's not doing this, and you know, the HR's not doing that. And I sit them down, I'm like, what are, you, what are you doing to get the best team member possible? Yeah. And focus, focus on that, and I set the goal for them that they need to apply themselves. And one of the things I tell them is, is if you're recruiting, when you get up in the morning, nothing else should be on your plate. Recruiting should be the goal. Do everything you possibly can until you can't do any more on that goal mm -hmm. and then you turn and do something else for work and that one piece of advice i think has helped so many people to kind of break through and really get good candidates in but yeah. it's all about you know what's that singular goal and how, how do i focus on it yes and focus is so critical and it's also about setting those boundaries and that's important because when you're clear about your goal, you get to say yes. And when you're clear about your goal, you get to say no. And that's based on having one focused priority. And think about it. That gives people so much freedom. Most times people don't want to say no. And this is a way to give them permission to do so. And we all have competing priorities. And to go back to the word focus we all have to have our eye on that end goal because that's what's going to help propel the organization forward. Focus. Simple and very, very complex. So I'm curious about values, Elizabeth. From a leadership perspective, what are those three values that you have as your guiding light? And values can help us make our decisions. And, and the best part about values is it really helps us stand bold and strong about the decisions we do make. I'll, I'll give you three values, but I think underneath each of those values are a number of, of I'll call them implications of, of the values and results, outcomes of the values. But, but certainly for me, um, top of the list is, is honesty. Mm -hmm. That's something that drives me in both my my personal life and my professional life. When I've been in situations where the company's been dishonest or allowed that kind of behavior to go on, I've opted out of those situations. When I've had people that are, are not truthful with me, that's kind of so important. It's a one-strike thing. Honesty comes in so many different forms, though. It's what everybody goes to first, and it's just 
a bold-faced lie and they're bad but then there's a whole variety of things that i put under the the honesty and truthfulness area it's really things like being very self-aware you're not self-aware with then you're not um you're not being honest with yourself yeah. about what you're good at and what you're not good at and it hard it's hard to be very very honest with your teammates and and with the company that variant um is why this becomes such a big thing to to me you know know what you're good at know what you're not good at exactly. be, be able to admit that it's it's easy to focus as i said on the on the things we all gravitate to but uh, yeah. to me you need to think it deeper when it, and when you say the word honesty exactly and you know what i know for sure is the greatest leaders hire people who are smarter than they are and that takes a lot of gumption as a leader and it's a way to build the honesty and the truthfulness okay your number two value elizabeth number two really would be courage Mm -hmm. And I dovetails with some of what we were just talking about, uh, about honesty. Courage in that, the form for me is, you know, you say what you mean. So that's kind of honesty, right? But courage is, is um, not using any weasel words. When I go through and I help somebody do a performance review, I'm looking for all those fudgy words. <laughs> they know they can get away with saying and people will make up in their own minds kind of what they think about it and they'll never really get the message. Uh -huh. You got you got to strike the weasel words. <laughs> but that's courageous, right? Yeah. To, and you know another form of courage for me is, you know, comes in the form of, of speaking truth to power. And that goes for for me when I'm taking care of the company and telling the board what's accurately going on and representing the company externally. And I expect it, um, you know, as soon as you get a CEO title, you, you're given this, I don't know, this, this wand that people think is magic and that they, they shouldn't speak to you in certain words. And I expect everybody to be able to come to me and tell me what's working and what's not working and tell me, tell me the, the truth that they've got. Um, I try to do new hire lunches every, you know, Every three or four months, we gather up everybody that's been a new hire and nice. enough time so that they can give me some feedback. But one of the guys in today's new hire launch said, oh, and he stopped himself. And it's like, I'm, I'm not going to say that to, this, to the CEO. And I'm like, no, this is just the point. I mean, you guys have to. Be, I can't be everywhere at once. I need to hear from you guys what's going on in, in the company. So... That, that to me is courage and to, to be able to do that. You don't have to tell us what he said. Did he end up telling you what was on his mind? Yeah. Wow, that's fabulous. And it goes back to your first value of honesty and truthfulness. If a new hire can trust you at this early stage, it's really significant as he continues his journey through HG Insights. And that sets the tone for the culture. Yeah, and I hope he tells that story to, to you know five other people yes. too. Yes, you want him to tell that story as many times as possible. Spread the good word about truth. Another, another thing about courage, though, that um, might not seem like it's courageous, but it is to me. And I try to lead with this myself and I try to teach people to do it, too. And that's asking for help. You're exhibiting courage if you do that. It shows it 
a lot of things, your vulnerability. I think it's core to teamwork when you ask for help. You know, everybody says you should be a real team. How do you, how do you inspire that? You get people to lean on other people. Um, it's the basis of, of delegation. You're asking for somebody that you're delegating a task to. And, you know, bring, I'm afraid to say, Karen, bringing in your expertise into our company right now mm -hmm. is asking for help. I try, as I said, I try to lead with this and show and exhibit this, this trait because it, that's another one that I think is really healthy and really, um, really important to a company that wants to continue to grow, not just grow financially, but grow in their skills and their maturity. So. And, you know, as the CEO, you get to put down that magic wand that people think you have and show your vulnerability and show the fact that you're willing to ask for help in the areas that we just talked about, where you're not as strong as others and you'll rely on those who are the experts. You know what? That takes courage. So talk to me about your third value, Elizabeth. Number three, this one I have a little harder time kind of putting in one word, but I'll call it humanity. So the capability to care and help others whenever you can, whenever it's possible, mm -hmm. um, forgetting about your selfish interests, mm -hmm. um, particularly at times when, when other people need help. And it, it gets down, you know, I've always tried and I make mistakes and I strive to do better, but I always try to put people first, but put all people first. Mm. You know, you're often said, you're women, woman leaders, so you should be promoting women. You know, I do. I try, but I also try to promote men and yeah. people of color, and you know, any and transgender, anything. You know, name your category. Yes, right. And sometimes I, when I'm talking to people, I say, you know, I don't think about about men and women. I think about human beings. Yeah, that's that's what I I start with, and that's this humanity thing that's really driven a lot of, of what I hope to bring to the table of how I treat people. As I said, everybody makes mistakes and I just keep striving for this because we all want to be, I think we all, not everybody, unfortunately, but most yeah. of us want to be equal, uh, have equality as a principle and treat everybody well, but it's, it's a work in progress. Well, one of my favorite, favorite ads, I just got it and it's an old one now. If you remember, remember when we used to travel through airports? Um, so HSBC used to have a series of ads where they've had, they'd have three different pictures with three different words on them. And it would be, or three, three pictures, all the same pictures with three different words on them. And one that was in uh, Heathrow one time was a picture from the back of a person with a bald head. And the three words were um, style, soldier, survivor. So if you're looking at somebody from the back and all you see is the, the head. It might be somebody who shaved their head to be really trendy. Mm -hmm. It might be a military person who has to shave their head or it might be a cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's just it. You, you don't know. They're all, you know, they all should be treated absolutely equally in my, in my mind. You know, one thing at HG Insights that I've heard time and time again is about the culture and how ingrained it is into the organization. And, and you don't build a culture just on the business principles. Culture really comes from that human aspect. It's really that core of humanity. It's fundamental. Yeah, and you know, it's, it's definitely fundamental. But the other thing it is, it's fundamental to be in a customer-driven company. So if you've got humanity at your core, 
you're going to treat your customers the same way you're treating each other. In a sales situation, you're not going to be overselling because you, you want to actually help and solve your customer because you care about them. In a situation where they unfortunately can't afford your product anymore, you're going to come to a reasonable outcome because you care about your, your customer as a person. So it, I think it it drives that, um, and for a product company, you know, it's you've got to be customer driven. But some people do it like with a, a blunt tool. Yeah, um, exactly. Have to do it by driving the right values in the company. So the next question, you know, there's no surprise we're all going through an enormous amount of transition. And we've got the global pandemic, we've got the social awakening, and we have the economic implications of the two of them. So how are you leading through transition and change, Elizabeth? Yeah, I mean, certainly the last year has um, <laughs> made all of that leading through change even, even harder. And I felt like I've had to bring everything I've possibly learned about leadership to bear, keep the company going during these trying times. Yeah. And so the for me, the kind of things you do to lead through change, just we had to do one steroids for the last year. Yeah. It's um, not surprising that one of the things I always try to do, it, not surprising since we talked about it at the very beginning uh, of this discussion, is keep, keeping people's eyes on the prize. Mm. You know, keep, keeping keeping them focused on what's ahead, not what what just happened behind us. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be good or bad, but you know, you got you got to move move ahead kind of dovetailing with that is um, stressing momentum in in the time of change. So if you can keep people focused ahead and then you get them doing things on that that future state, whatever it is you're trying to drive to, um, I think it helps people to, to not worry about about the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so momentum's really important. I I felt fortunate we, we did an exercise a, a while ago in another company where um, we had to go around and other people had to say what one word defined that person around the table was kind of leadership. And the, the team decided that my, mine was momentum. And I've used it and it's, um, I've used it more explicitly after that. Uh-huh. And I think it, it does help with, with change. Um, there's a couple other things too, you know, communication. So it's over communicate and they all become truisms, but but as you know, last year was kind of a, a tough year from so many different ways, both the changes of the coronavirus. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier about all the process I was going through to help to recapitalize the company and still run the company. And there were times when I can tell you, I did not, we have a monthly town hall. I did not want to do these town halls Yeah, because they, they take, take some work. You're asking for an hour of everybody's time to get updated. And I even have my leadership team going to me, look, you just need a break. Just skip this month. It's not going to matter. And we never did. We never skipped a month. And I look back on that and I've gotten feedback from, from people in the company that how much they appreciate, even if there's not like big momentous news that month, just to have the forum for a short update and the opportunity to ask questions. And I think that really helped us get through the whole year because it also set examples for, for the rest of the company, you know, make sure you're still talking, use that time. We're all zoomed out, but don't, 
don't ignore the times when you get together or talk. And that, the last one I've put in this category, though, is, is um, to stay, stay aware of everybody's individual circumstances, particularly as a leader, particularly when you get up at the CEO level, you can start treating people as groups. Um, but they're all individuals and they all get different messages and they have different problems in their lives and you should manage them and lead them differently as you're talking to them. So, so staying aware of that, I think was, was really important because everybody had a lot of different and still does have a lot of stressors that are, are not all the same. You know, I have one, one saying that early in my career, you know, coming from Philadelphia and coming out to California, I was accused of sort of the, the big, big voice, big stick. I've learned over the years to, um, to change that command and control to convince and cajole. My brother's term for this is you went to California and it was good for you. You got a little bit of that California soft head about you. <laughs> yes. And I'm sure there are times people are still telling you, okay, Elizabeth, take it down a little bit. I have to say, I just love the idea of convince and cajole. That sounds like a fabulous leadership mantra. And at times I'd imagine probably pretty complicated to use. Next question. What we know is that the best leaders are always learning. And they really have to in this ever-changing business environment. So what do you do to keep learning, Elizabeth? And, and what are some of your go-to resources? Yeah, I, you know, I think like every, every almost everybody, I, I do read a lot. I love to read. So you know, getting the next new thing um, is good. But I, I get leadership tips and learnings from lots of different places. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one one that I use when I'm talking to to groups here about leadership is I went to see John Cleese do one of these intros of one of his films, and it was called A Fish Called Wanda. Great film. If you haven't seen it, good. He did um, sort of the summary of what he did to make that such a great film. One of the pieces of that film is when there's this little dog that gets killed by falling things about 10 times during the film. He was saying that, that that was the part of the film that took them actually the most money and the most time to film was that that instance of trying, you know, pretending to kill the dog. Right. Um, and it was the most difficult part. And in the film, you see it for two seconds, 10 seconds, and it's gone. And his summary of this is, was the art is to hide the art. So his art was how he really perfected that scene so that it was funny and not gross and you couldn't see it. But the art was to hide the art. I took away from that, you know, that's true of leadership too. Mm-hmm. You can be going through 10 hours of trying to figure out the right way to, um, to bring a team together and solve a problem. But when you walk into that room, you should be given them the, the gift of the results of your planning without saying, you know, this was so hard. Yeah. It took me 10 hours to organize the information so that we could work on it together. You know, the arts to hide the art. When you go and you're, you're ready to help somebody, it should be all, all about how easy it is to do the next thing. 
and um, that was from John Cleese. Right. Yeah, I've got lots of lots of classic books we can talk about. Um, a non-management book that I took a lot of management techniques out of. It was the biography of, of Lincoln, um, Team of mm. Rivals. It's a dense book, um, but once you get into it, it's it's fascinating. But um, his leadership style, he, he brought together all these critics of, of him, people that didn't, were actively working against him. Um, and that's kind of his brilliance. He got them to actually push him further and knew, he knew, knew himself. He yeah. knew that he was too soft and he needed people to, to push himself on certain things. Um, but a lot of things came out of that book, including, you know, he, he never held a, a grudge. You know, something happens, it's in the past. Okay, mm -hmm. let's, let's not focus on that. Let's go forward. Oh, so I, I read I actually started, you know, writing the outline of, of leadership principles from that book yeah. that I wanted to be better at in, yeah. in my style. And it goes back to self-awareness that we had talked about earlier. You know, what are we great at and where are some of our blind spots? I mean, if you think about it, Mr. Abe Lincoln was too soft and he surrounded himself with his critics. I mean, my goodness gracious. Now that takes a tad bit of courage. Alrighty, so we know how you grow. What do you do for the people at HG Insights? What do you do for the organization and how do you give them opportunities? Yeah. Um, it goes back a little bit to what we were talking about, understanding the individual, not, not the whole team, right? Um, that's important too, but you know, fundamentally understanding what individuals need. And I, I've always said that if you can understand somebody's motivations, that you can work with them and grow them and get them to, to where they want to be. If somebody's kind of circumspect about where they really want to go, I find that that really, really hard. And then my job is to work with them to to uncover and keep asking questions and keep trying to figure out what's really driving them. So on an individual basis, I really try to figure out the motivation of the person and then work work with them to set um, whatever the growth opportunity. Somebody might want to go to, you know, class at UCSB. Somebody else might benefit from um, executive coaching. Somebody might just want bigger challenges. Mm -hmm. So so I really try to understand the, the individual there. It took, took me a while, but... Uh, to learn that not everybody's just like me and you know you just keep keep going and trying to solve bigger problems i thought yeah. that's what everybody liked to do but it's 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 not necessarily but you know that's on an individual basis um we talked about asking for help and mm -hmm. you know constantly looking for other people to come help me on on a company-wide basis to up level our skills Obviously, you're you're helping us with our leadership training now. It's the first time ever at, at HE Insights that we've had any leadership tra training at all. Switched. So I'm so thrilled that we're getting a common vocabulary and having people really think about this. You know, we do that like on competitive analysis. We bring in experts. So so I try to help show people that there are things beyond the four walls mm -hmm. that they need to keep learning and they can um, aspire to and take into their own day-to-day -day work to, to do better things. And then the, the last thing is mentorship. I'm also big with that. And I, I really, I try to do it myself, certainly with um, 
mentoring a, a young woman down in San Bernardino right now with her first application for a professional job. And that's just fun, but at the workplace, it's also mentoring individuals for, for what they want to do next in their career. And uh, it's one of the big problems of, of women in the workplace is that they don't have mentors. So I particularly try to encourage the male leaders to mentor females because they need they need help and it can't just be one it can't be woman to woman it's got to be everybody to everybody yeah goes back to what you said earlier it's about the individual and it it doesn't matter who you are and it's about how you show up and owning that individuality everyone wants and needs to grow differently and it's up to the individual to determine how they're really going to put their growth plan in place There are women leaders, and the only way we're going to get more women leaders is as women step up and step into those roles. And there are times you'll not always be able to have a woman mentor or a woman leader because the numbers are just not there yet. So my last question is what piece of art or music or culture keeps you balanced and brings you joy, allowing you to show up at work whole. <laughs> this is hard because so much, so much does mm. bring me joy and happiness. You know, I love food and wine and got it. The so, so missing live music. Um, this pandemic, I, I can't wait to go out and um, hear a band and go dancing, you know, and art, I love art. And, but I think, you know, if I had to bring down kind of what, what can I live without? It does come down to um, to going out and exercising and being out in, in nature and the ocean. I, you know, I do um, I do triathlons mm-hmm. and have since I moved to California a long, mm-hmm. long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that people, you know, some people meditate and that that balances them and centers them. You know, I'm when I'm out stressing myself on the on the bike or, or on more likely on the run is my stressing point. <laughs> That's when something about my mind kind of clicks into a great state. When I solve problems that I don't know um, that I didn't have any solution to before, that answers can pop in my head. Part of that's ocean swimming. So first year I am swimming all through the winter in the ocean. Whoa, congratulations. Tell me you have a wetsuit on, Elizabeth. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I didn't want to ask if you were a complete kooky Luke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Sometimes I get out and my fingers are white and I'm shivering. And having your exercise as a priority will show up at work. It's a fabulous way for you to role model for the rest of the organization. Being one dimensional is going to help no one. Working nonstop is going to help no one. So, I mean, looking at you as a CEO and knowing you have interest outside of the work environment really will help others to say, hey, I got to go exercise or I need to do this or I need to do that. I have to fill up my soul, too. And if Elizabeth can do it, so can I. And I I can't can't let this section or this question go without mentioning that, you know, I've got a wonderful husband and he brings me joy every day and supports me in in what I do and keeps me balanced. And when I get too far afield, uh, (laughs) 
brings me back in. Got to give him a shout out on that. Yeah. Love, love, love it, Elizabeth. All righty then. Elizabeth, it has been a pure joy talking to you today. I cannot thank you enough for your insights and sharing with us who you are as a leader and tell us a bit about your career journey to becoming the CEO of HG Insights. You know, we're ever changing and you indicated in the beginning of our conversation, you now lead a little bit differently than in the past. You know, moving from what used to be more of a command and control style to more of a convincing control, bringing that humanity and people aspect into our work. Now that's inspiring, Elizabeth. And it takes courage to share your journey with us. So thank you. It's been a great joy, Elizabeth. I really appreciate the opportunity both to talk to you and and to um, take some time and think about these things. Thanks for listening. I'm Karen Colligan, and you've been listening to Elizabeth Cholowski, who is the CEO of HG Insights. Till the next episode of the Let's Talk Leadership Podcast, have a good one. And don't forget to keep it real. Music by Pottington Bear. Editing by Mary Lee Williams. Thanks again.